This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. Something you may not know about me is that I love music. We're on a board game podcast. We like talk about board games, RPGs, stuff like that, you know, but I really love music. I probably could do a podcast about music too, but that's just too much work. This this one's already enough work. I don't want to have to do another one, but I love all like a lot of types of music. The only the only thing I probably don't like is country, but I love like rap, R&B, pop, rock and roll, heavy metal, stuff like that. I like like a gambit of stuff, but I can't I can't play a lick of it. No, I'm terrible. Like give me a guitar and I'm terrible. Maybe some bongos, you know? Give me a little drunk, maybe have play some bongos, I'm good, but Oh, well, you know what? Though, give me a karaoke machine. I can sing a few tunes for you. <laughs> but uh when it comes to playing music, I'm just I'm the worst. But we're uh tonight or today Whenever you're listening to this, I don't know why I ever do that. I'm always like, tonight! Like, obviously it's tonight for me, but who knows when it is for you. We're going to be talking about a game that has to do with playing music on the streets of New Orleans. I don't know why I had to do that accent either. Boy, a lot of questionable calls tonight. But uh, I'm going to be talking about an awesome little game called Big Easy Busking. That's going to be published by Weird Giraffe Games, and it's going to be on Kickstarter on February 11th. I'm talking with Joshua J. Mills tonight, or today, or whenever you're listening to this. God, I'm going to edit. I'm editing all this out. No, no you need to keep it, because it's already off the rails, and I love it, right? It's like, <laughs> this is just, like, improvisation. It's just jazz, is what's happening around. It's, it's podcast jazz. Nice, but nice. I'm doing well tonight, this evening, this morning, or this afternoon. Nice. That's awesome. So before we get into talking about the game, we always like to get people's perspective on how you how people got into gaming. So how did Josh, how did you get into gaming and then eventually making your own games? So it originally started when I was in daycare. So like probably when I was 10, I don't know when I was in daycare, right? In my brain, <laughs> I was like 15, but I know that's not true. Um <laughs> But one thing I would do is I would rent out my Game Boy and my Game Boy games. And when I did that, and I made some money, right? I made enough money to buy more Game Boy games. But nice. during that time while that was going on, I made some board games. And I made I played like different weird card games a lot. Learned some magic trick type things. But that was my first kind of taste of like, I want to make games. And I remember vividly in my mind, the thing I wanted to make was the placemat at Applebee's like those like little games that were on there like the maze and stuff I was like that could be so much better why is this horrible I want to make my version of this so like to me that was the pinnacle of game design at the time that's awesome so then you know when you when you get into making your own games like what obviously you want to like make games that people like and stuff like that but like I bring this question up because I've 
kind of want to get people's opinion on it. Like, you know, when you decide to make a game, do you want, do you think starting off that you want to make from game to game, do you want to make different types of games? Or is it like, does it come into play where it's like, okay, well, I like this game and it's kind of similar to the next game that I want to make. So I kind of want to do that with a little bit of tweaks and stuff like that. Do you get in a pattern of making similar games or do you, you know, how does that thought process work? So for me, my, and just, just a little context about me, my day job is in video games. So I think about that all day long, but as a designer, I want to go broad, right? I want to look at either mechanic or a theme or, or something and then see what I can do within that world, create something and then move on to some other mechanic or thing. like, I'm not going to make, you know, Agricola and then cave farmer and then cave farmer, Agricola four, and then fields of cave farmer or whatever it is, right? Like that, to me, that's not as interesting. And there's something to be said for that, trying to achieve the perfect balance, but that's not me. I want to, I want to be all over the place. That's kind of the fun of it for me anyway. When it comes to the New Orleans theme of this game, like there really isn't that many games out that I know of that have this theme. So where did this concept come from? So really, I make a lot of games about things that I either have always had aspired to be a part of, right? Like in fantasy world, like I would love to know how to play music. Like this, there's so much energy in New Orleans and the French Quarter and and people playing. I don't have that skill set, so like uh, that's not going to happen, right? Like no one, <laughs> no one wants to listen to me attempt to play the guitar on the side of the side of the street anywhere. But that's so it's fantasy fulfillment. So that's where and I had visited New Orleans. I went there for St. Patrick's Day, which is a really good time to go because it's hopping, a lot of things are going on, but it's not Mardi Gras or anything, right? Nice. You, you still get all kind of the the fun, crazy, touristy atmosphere. I've also been when it's just like a, a, a Thursday, right? Just like a <laughs> random day, and that was that was also a, a lot of fun. But it's fantasy fulfillment. I I want to be a part of that experience from both sides, and that's what I was trying to create is something that show that part of ex- that experience. Another aspect of a lot of games I make because I made another game called Rocky Road Alamode that's about like ice cream delivery is. We have kind of these, and I have another game, Milkman, coming from Dice Hate Me Games. They, we have these concepts of these, fan, you know, fantasies of like this. It's all chipper and good and happy, but I like also showing the work that goes into that type of stuff. Like, it's a lot of work to be in a metal box in the middle of summer serving ice cream <laughs> to eight-year-olds who are like twenty-five cents short, right? Like, that's not. That doesn't sound like a great day <laughs> like that sounds like a lot of work and i think musicians a lot of times people are like oh it's effortless they're just having fun it's easy and you're like no they're working their tail off the fact they're real good that's why you think it's effortless and easy because they're really good at what they're doing well it's funny too because then i knew it wasn't a thing but if for some reason when when you talked about your upcoming game milkman i was like okay so you aspire to be a milkman i was like that's interesting you know but i understand you're you're just you just want to do something that's different but also something that shows how hard work is you know done in legitimately fantasy fulfillment is like because you're also running the dairy farm and you're managing that aspect of it uh the the milkman's kind of like the you know the 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 front end like the nice the nice the nice front end to the whole dairy industry because milking cows is not that glorious but (laughs) it is to me just that that farm life and how that how things were I don't want to say simpler back then because I think that is ridiculous it's (laughs) to say it's simpler when you when you can't just 
go to the grocery store and have a bunch of food. Like, no, we got it real simple and easy right now. Uh, it was hard, hard, harder and more complicated back then. But there is some part of me that wants to just, like, go find an awesome mountain, get, like, four cows and, like, some bees and just go out there and live, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. So you said you you visited New Orleans, you know, a, a few times, you know, and you've kind of put kind of the spirit of New Orleans into this game. So let you know, let's kind of talk about what this game is about and how those themes kind of fit into it. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, at, at its core, it's kind of an area majority game. Um, what you're doing is your musicians, you know, each kind of grabbing your street corner, playing different songs uh, for crowds with the whole goal of, of getting tips, right? You're busking. You're just, you want to get tips. The person that gets the most tips at the end of the game is going to be, is, is the victor. They've, they've successfully played to the crowds the best. The way the game kind of functions is that's going to happen over three nights. And each one of those nights is going to get bigger and bigger. So like Thursday night, there's this set of crowds. And then Friday, there's a bigger crowd. And Saturday, there's a really big crowd. And and the way you play songs and the way you have to kind of think about how you manage your, your energy and your musician's energy is is the part I want to capture. Because you'll see this, like, or at least I saw it when I was there, is certain bands really working over this crowd, trying to get them involved, trying to pull them in, trying to really give them an experience so they, you know, get rewarded with, with tips and money. You know, and then you know, the next guy's got to top the, the other guy and and down the line. How you actually do that in the game is you can play a song, and songs are broken up into three different kinds of instruments because that's what your band's made up of. So you have like a saxophone, you know, percussion, drums, and trumpet. And you have a, they each member has a certain amount of energy, and songs take energy from those different disciplines. So like one song might be like if your trumpet player's got to put like a lot of energy in it, say three energy. Uh, there's not a lot of drums going on. It's just kind of you know four four whatever. It's like one energy, and then your sax. Your saxophone player's he's 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 gonna come work in the middle, so it's two energy. You you take that energy off your band, you throw it on the song, then you select a crowd to play to. The song you have also has a mood. So like if you're playing a romantic song to a crowd that's kind of more of the romantic crowd at the time, you're gonna get bonuses based off that, right? You can play a romantic song to somebody else. It's just you're not gonna get those those bonuses. Uh, so that's kind of you're just kind of managing that. The songs you have, there's also standards that anybody can play at any given time which are like when the saints go marching in or, you know, like one of those 15 different songs you hear all of the time. I don't know how they would, the people that work there must be like, again, cool. Um, but those, those songs you can pull in and play anybody can. So you kind of have to time that right. Uh, they're not as effective as some of the kind of the original stuff. Cause everybody's heard it. You know, like I said, 15 times since I get off the airplane. So that's, that's another concept. One of the really neat things though, is when you're playing to that crowd is your song's out there while you're playing it, right? Other people can see it, and they can decide to play to that crowd while you're playing to them. So you're kind of competing head-to-head. When it gets back to you, you can decide what you want to do with that energy. Like, do I want to just put it all on the crowd and then just leave it to try to, you know, because you're talking about area majority in terms of how, how much energy you put in, or do I want to feed off the crowd's energy and pull some of that back and kind of redistribute it between my band members so I can play another song to somebody else? So... There's a little bit of, uh, of, you know, it's kind of bluffing. It's kind of like I'm changing my mind because now I know this other band's playing for this, these people too. So that that gives you a decent overview of the game for a person that has been up since 3 a.m. in the morning because of his two-year-old. I don't know what I just said, but hopefully it explained the game somewhat. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always try to bring the theme 
and mechanics together in a way where you hopefully kind of can put your mind into the into the shoes of of the people that you're are represented in the game and i think it does it quite well uh i obviously don't play music so i don't 100 percent know i could be completely off base but i don't think i am yeah well, I think I think if you're if you listen to music and you know what you like and you you know what you talked about with like how the crowd and the mood and stuff like that that makes sense. You know, it's just like you know, like you were just telling me off air that like your daughter was like, I want to hear ro- rock and roll really loud, daddy. So of course you're gonna you're gonna try to play to that crowd, you know, because you don't want to be like, oh, you you want some loud rock and roll? Well, here's some you know here's some really quiet opera music. You know, you're not gonna do that. That's just <laughs> something we don't do. You know, you don't want to you want to play to the crowd that you have that you know is gonna like what you you know what you're putting out there. And if you want a tough crowd, a two year old will really <laughs> that's a tough crowd. That's right. They they will tell you exactly what they want. You you better have snacks. That's all I'm saying. You better have snacks. Exactly. Music and snacks, people. That's what you need. You know, it seems like, you know, when you were talking about the area control part of it, where it's your buskers are going head to head, but also kind of playing together to kind of play to the moods of the crowd and stuff like that. I like that concept. Like, is what's your favorite mechanic of this game? Is that your favorite mechanic that really you really think is going to really pull people in for this game? I think for me as a designer, what put it over the edge is, is the way the area majority works. Because so typically in a game, and this is not how Big Easy Busking works, but typically you would have like first place with the most energy gets $10, second place gets $7, and third place gets $5. That's not how this works at all. What it has is a is a threshold. So in other words, uh, each crowd is different, you know, because it, it has a different mood and so forth. But it also has a, a, a threshold, which is basically telling if you put at least two energy into this crowd, no matter what, you'll get $3. So, like, you don't have to worry about what the other buskers do. You know if you at least put two energy into that crowd, if you give them that much love with your with your, with your your songs, they're going to give you three bucks. Now, if you are the person that gives them the most energy, you'll get an additional $1, $2, $3, depending on the crowd. So, that opens up a lot of really different strategies. Like, I can be the person that's just trying to win, like, the top two, right? Like, I just want to win this crowd, make sure I get a big payout. I could also be the person that's like, I don't want to directly go head to head with any of these buskers. I just want to make sure all of the crowds are happy with what I'm playing and make sure I get that payout across the board. And then I, I, in addition to that, I want to really optimize what songs I play and make sure I'm playing to their mood. So it, it allows for those different player types to interact. It also gives you, you options while you're playing, if if someone starts messing, you know, messing with the crowd, you're like, no, but these are these are my people. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I'm I'm really proud of how that all ends up working, and it's it's one of those things that seems simple, but it took a long time to get there through development and through and testing and and trying to figure out how to make it not to feel good in a decision, even if you don't get first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even if you weren't first. And I think it does that really well. Nice. Yeah, I like that idea because it's, I feel like with a game like this, it's it's cool because it's not it's not just I'm going to play, I'm waiting for you to make a decision, and now I'm going to play. It's like, it's truly interactive where you can, you know, make certain decisions and just kind of keep moving along where it's not just, you know, again, it's not just one player waiting for another player to wait for another player. It's got good interactions between every player and then what's going on you know within the game oh for sure and you'll change your mind too 
based on what other people do. Like you'd be like, oh, I'm going to put this, you know, this huge epic song of like four energy on this crowd and two other people start playing on. You're like, "Uh, instead of this, I'm going to take the energy and feed off this crowd's excitement and go ahead and pull some of that back and push it over to this other crowd because they just came out of this restaurant and they all look a little tipsy and ready to spend some money, right? Or like whatever, (laughs) whatever you're thinking about. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I want to talk about the art on this game. This The art is awesome. It makes me think of like, I don't know for sure. It makes me think of like when I see an art piece like, you know, hanging out in a museum or whatever, the art on this makes me think of that. You know, like the traditional piece that speaks New Orleans flavor. You know, was this something that you wanted to perfect to get it this way? Is it something that happened by chance? How did the art kind of work into this game? I always wanted that to capture that that vibrancy of New Orleans, right? Obviously, I'm I'm not the artist. I'm I'm also not the you know the the publisher. So I didn't make those decisions, but I made sure, especially in prototypes and when I talk about the game, and you know, in terms of examples, I would go find to just find that kind of gallery New Orleans, super flashy, poppy like art, like. You know, who knows how many jazz festival posters I looked at while doing this and then passed them along a lot. (laughs) Um, But I would (laughs) like a lot. Uh, I would agree, though, that like it feels like something that should be hanging on the wall. Um, My wife even said, you know, you should you should when this is done, you should like get a really big printout of that. and We can put it up here because there's so much color and just it has energy, which music has energy. So that I'm really happy that weird draft was able to capture that yeah yeah i like that because of course you want your gameplay to be stellar you want to have a good time with it too but we've talked about it here on the podcast and i know some people share you know share this opinion with me too sometimes just having something that fits the theme and looks great too really you know pulls you into it more Oh, yeah. And as the designer, I mean, if you're like, oh, this game's pretty, that that helps me. <laughs> that takes some pressure off of me delivering on the mechanical part. <laughs> so please. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so lastly, before I let you go, so I'm going to throw this question at you in a, a purely hypothetical. So if you were going to, you know, play some music to get people in the mood and stuff like that, what would you what would you busk to get everyone get the party going? Ooh, ooh, that really depends. I mean... What I wish I could play is a bunch of like Led Zeppelin songs. Nice. What I I think I would go like just some some old school kind of bluesy, some like real bluesy stuff. Especially because I mean I got I got the beard going. <laughs> I can I feel like I can maybe pull off that vibe. Nice. In addition, <laughs> um, and but to me that 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 those kind of bluesy buskers, they're kind of like they almost just like don't even seem like they're aware that other like people will tip them right like that's why they're doing it but they're just like i'm just playing music i just you know sat down and decided to jam for a little bit yeah oh there's other people around me like that that just coolness factor is is what i would i would aspire to be but in reality i would probably be like playing the bongos like a crazy person (laughs) and just making weird sounds with my mouth so who knows Uh, that's awesome this game sounds awesome you know it seems like you have quite a bit packed into this small game kind of like you know what you have with rocky road isla mode and uh yeah it just looks like it's going to be another success for weird draft games and for you josh so thanks for coming on and talking about it this is going to come out the same day february 11th go on to kickstarter help fund this game you're going to get an awesome game you're going to get 
awesome gameplay and you're gonna get weird giraffe games is quality that you we've come to expect because we you know this is probably like what the if anyone's keeping track probably the fourth or fifth game we've talked about here so thanks josh for coming on and talking about this awesome project oh thank you for having me it was it was it was my pleasure so until next time i'm kurt and this was the mfg cast thanks for listening legends of tabletop podcast Legends, one die at a time.